Hey, I'm Avelio Matos, and this is Package Design Unboxed. We've got our first sponsor, International Direct Packaging. International Direct Packaging is the only factory direct packaging manufacturer with global showrooms in the US, London, Germany, Spain, Indonesia, and China. They design and produce packaging for established luxury brands. Because IDP's team of packaging experts design and manufacture packaging, you get a more transparent supply chain, and you're also not going to be paying distributor markups. Find the nearest IDP showroom to schedule your first packaging consultation at idpdirect.com. Because IDP doesn't source factories, they are the factory. idpdirect.com. And so what we found out was that the best performing eggnog was the super premium organic eggnog brand. So it tasted great, it had great marks on it. But one of the lowest performing eggnogs was also the super premium organic eggnog, just not with its packaging. And to me, it, it shows just how powerful packaging is. It actually has an influence on, on the taste, the texture, the appearance of the product. So having a, having a comprehensive understanding of your, of your customer and how they interact with the category, uh, to me, is essential for, for any brand owner. And, and as, as a designer, I would think you would, you would really want that data in order to you know, make better decisions for yourself. Hey, I'm Avelio Matos, and welcome to Package Design Unboxed. Today's guest is Dr. Andrew Hurley, founder of Package Insight, a research team built to serve up eye-tracking data, consumer emotions, and thought patterns in response to packaging, design, and environment. We talked to Dr. Andrew Hurley from his lab at Clemson University in South Carolina about making decisions for design based on factual data and just how Package Insight's data collection works. When you understand how they carry out research, how their lab can be reconstructed to any environment, the type of data you can uncover from this process, you're going to wonder what your consumer actually thinks about your packaging and what ultimately made them pick it up. Please enjoy our second conversation with Dr. Andrew Hurley. Cool, man. So if you're ready, we'll just, we'll kick this thing off. Perfect. So Andrew, for those listeners that aren't familiar with you, can you explain a little bit about what you do and uh, introduce yourself? Well, again, Andrew Hurley, and uh, I believe that packaging is just awesome. And so uh, I spend my day, uh, a portion of it's on teaching, and uh, I teach at, at one of the great packaging schools, and that's Clemson University. And that's where I have some, well, what they're traditionally in-person uh, classes, but this, this term we're doing a, doing a lot of virtual, and uh, I've got a lot of experience on the virtual side, actually through Clemson. I, I created a, a curriculum on campus, a professional packaging curriculum, and uh, that was the, the genesis of, of what is PackagingSchool.com that, that licensed that um, from the university and is 100% virtual uh, packaging learning. And at the same time, I'm a researcher. So at, at Clemson, my goal is to you know, disseminate information to the packaging community, uh, new and novel uh, information, and I, I get that through biometric research. So. I mean, I'm right here in, in one of our laboratories, and uh, we, we use biometric equipment like eye tracking and a, like emotion tracking to watch how shoppers interact at the point of sale. And then also, you know, right at the doorstep when they're unboxing that box and then taking things apart, using it and disposing. So collecting uh, biometric research to help uh, consumers, you know, pick products that meet their expectations and also help uh, brands and manufacturers be able to deliver on, on consumer expectations. 
beyond the school, you've got a uh, package insight, which I think is always really interesting, uh, where you've got some eye tracking, you've got this grocery store behind you where you can actually implement some, some studies. Can you tell me a little bit about Package Insight and, and who typically works with you in there? Great. So yeah, Package Insight is uh, is the fun sandbox of my life. I, <laughs> I, I really enjoy learning. Uh, I, I'm learning every single day. And, and what's, you know, you know, when I think about packaging research, I, I, I like running my own research because I've got ideas around, you know, what, what, what do consumers think about, you know, uh, compostability, right? That'd be a great research project. But a lot of companies that are interested in packaging research are, are, you know, have very specific questions about their own products. And so that's what we do at, at Package Insight. We take a lot of biometric tools and uh, we look at the different stage from the consumer process. So from point of sale onwards where Package Insight comes in. So if you are at a store like what's behind me here, uh, we're able to track, uh, you know, at a it, 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 an incredible level of detail around how a person approaches, a shopper approaches a category, how they make a decision within it, and ultimately what drove to purchase. And it's really mapping of design elements on a pack. What was looked at, what was not looked at, and looking at that from a competitive perspective. What about your competition? Was uh, what, what elements um, were viewed more or less? And, and having a, a better understanding of how someone shops the category. And then from there, uh, we, we've got labs that run um, in use, so kitchens and home living environments, so where you can consume the product and we can measure. And, and then also in cooking, and if, it, if it's a food product, and um, looking at instructions and you know looking at uh, the facial expressions across this process. So if, whether it's from unboxing uh, something right on right, you moved it to your kitchen or right on the doorstep, uh, we can track every moment from first impression all the way to the assembly and setup of, of the product and, and look at that in terms of um, you know, positivity and negativity in terms of the percentage of that for that um, respective experience in the process. And then uh, at the end, uh, we look at disposal strategies as well. So did the information that you communicated on your pack influence the user in order to discard or dispose of the packaging appropriately? So within all these different phases, you're in-person tracking or are you collecting data through uh, hardware? So we're, we're doing both, actually. So here we've got, let's see, like if, if we were over here looking at, you know, one of these categories, I could be tracking as you're using it with, with eye tracking glasses, looking exactly what you're, you're looking at. And then, you know, around here, we've got the glass. So we, you can actually stand on the other side. There's my, that's where I am right now yeah. <laughs> and watch this entire uh, process. So it's a, uh, both qualitative and quantitative. For anybody listening, Dr. Andrews walking through this grocery store, we went into the frozen food section, then we went down uh, another aisle, uh, and then there's there's a, a wall of glass which you can stand behind and watch people. So when you, when you're talking about this eye tracking hardware, it's it's like a it's like headgear, it's like Google Glass basically. Yep. The most memorable example that you've given, and any time that I've talked to, and I talked to a lot of brands about your product, about this uh, package insight, is you showed a group of men uh, a baseball card, right? Or like the, a baseball player. And the baseball player is like a, taking a swing and you were studying to see kind of where the majority of people were going to be looking. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it was, you know, it wasn't the baseball bat. They weren't looking at the swing or the stance. What were they looking at? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great, I love this example because, uh, it, so we've got George Brett played for the Kansas City Royals and uh, this was not my study, this is a published study, Nielsen, and they ran a, 
eye tracking on it. And so split up that, it was like 200 or so folks uh, that participated in this half women, half men. And uh, you saw a lot of attention uh, you know, on the face for women. And then on, on the male side, uh, you, you had a lot of attention you know, right under the belt. And so um, it, it, when you look at that, it, it, it was, it's, it's just shocking how different you know, the two were when you, when you split it up. But I think that that's what this is all about in, in terms of biometric research. So if, if I ask somebody to tell me you know, if they liked a package or not, they can only articulate what they know. So if I showed them you know, some scissors that require scissors to be opened, right? They're going to say, I hate that pack. It's terrible. Uh, you know, you should put it in a, you know, a sleeve or something that's easy or the, you know, some cable ties or something like twist ties are easy for me to open. But we were trying to look at ways to really improve upon our packaging design and, and, and connect with folks in a very different way. I think it's, it's addressing unarticulated uh, needs because I, I think that what really is, is innovative in the category are, are, are small changes that allow you to leverage packaging as a vehicle uh, in, in order to participate in more categories. So I, I go to something like um, you know, the flexible packaging for uh, sour cream, for instance, going from a rigid pack into a flexible pack, uh, allowing it to be used as a condiment, right? And, and, and so now it has a different function. So watching people try to use spoons to play to apply like a specific thing, or you've seen how the ketchup package may have changed from being able to squeeze, now you can open and dip, right? So instead of taking a bunch and dipping it, so it's it's looking using research like this to understand what folks are doing, what where we're trending, and then to look at your packaging and say, is there any way that we can modify this pack to alleviate that or make that process faster? And I, I think that's where great change comes from. From package insight, are there any specific innovations that you can talk about that uh, you've seen the results of from your clients? Yeah. So we, uh, you know, uh, two examples, you know, one was looking at, uh, they had a seasonal point of purchase display and, uh, you know, a lot of package design is just, oh, well, just here's an agency or here's a designer. They can come up with something nice. And so it was taking a very data-driven approach to that. So uh, we did a baseline for the first year. Uh, it was in the hardware sector and we, we, we mapped it and we said, all right, this is, we knew the sales uh, from the end of the season. And then we understood the eye tracking of how the population ended up shopping uh, that category. And so we saw where the strengths and weaknesses were of the pack and retooled it. And I think we're on our seventh year of, of doing this iterative work. And each time uh, we've, we've seen an, an increase in sales. And I, I attribute that to being able to quickly differentiate and communicate clearly to the to the consumer. Uh, the other one's a real, uh, I can talk about the brand. It's a, it's a, a, a company called House Autry Mills, one of the older uh, consumer uh, packaged uh, food groups uh, in the U.S. And uh, we worked with them to baseline their category. The whole category was seeing a, a decline in sales. And so uh, they came to us, they said, what, what can we do? And uh, it was a great uh, opportunity to baseline the category, understand what, what resonated with folks, what were they looking for? How do they interact with package? Many them picked it up and you know navigated around and uh, we were able um, through that baseline uh, to work with their agency and uh, which they had and uh, they they generated new designs and so we tested each design and we were able to report back to the designers what was working and what wasn't what received a lot of attention and which changes did not you know move the needle much over from where where we started and this process was a was a great like a, a triangulation between the brand the designer and us as a research component and we were able to go from a, a negative 
3% in sales and within one quarter uh, saw a 40% lift with just rearranging uh, the visual information uh, presented on the primary display panel. Do you get much pushback from design agencies thinking, you know, feeling that they know better than the data before you actually go in and, and do the studies? No, actually, I, 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 we, we, the research that we do uh, is meaningless unless it's implemented by a designer, right? So it's, it's a working relationship. It's, I, I think that designers are, are very creative people and they, when they look at things, they, they usually have a very different perspective. And that's why they're a great designer, right? They, they have different perspectives. And so I, I really see the data is not a, like, it's not a, a, a confirm or reject. It's more of here is information about what you just did. It's, it, to me, if you relate it to your website, like if you were to look at uh, analytics on your website, right? A designer needs, a web designer needs analytics in order to improve upon their work and iterate on it to, you know, improve upon your website. I feel that, you know, Package Insight provides analytics for, for designers for their packaging to really understand the, the uh, influence that their, the, what their design has on shoppers. So if I'm, I'm a brand, uh, you know, pick any brand in whatever category, and I've got packaging that is competing on shelf, whether my sales are up or down, um, I want to study what my packaging is doing on shelf, then I'd, I'd contact you. What's that process like? Sure. Yeah. You, you reach out to any of us at, at Package Insight. And uh, you know, the first step is is a conversation about what, what your goals are. We're, we're, uh, in terms of research, we like to answer questions, right? And so you, you likely have a, a question, either you're you're, you're you're mandated to make a change or you're considering a new technology or you're considering a new substrate and you want to know what this is going to do to your target audience and so that's a typical question other times we work with folks who just really want to understand what's what is the category like and, and how do I compete visually and so we start that process by doing our own retail audit we create a planogram uh, to your specification or to ones that we can you know combine together uh, across the uh, you know the marketplace that you're going to be in we're vertically integrated so we have you know thousands of shoppers that we can pull from so if you have certain demographics you're looking for or shopping habits uh, we've got these folks, uh, you know, all on a uh, an email list, and then we, we bring them in and we schedule them, and we're we're COVID compliant. So we, you know, it's a there's a, a preparation time before and after they come in and, and shop, uh, and then uh, they're calibrated to these eye tracking uh, glasses. They come in and shop. They either have a prompt. They've got a variety of items to choose from, and then after that, uh, after their shopping experience, they make the purchases that they were they're going to make on their list. Uh, we have focus groups, interviews, and questionnaires on the back end. So you get a lot of that traditional market research um, in partnership with the quantitative eye tracking work. If I've got, you know, and, and you, your background is a grocery store, but if I've got a tech product, I've got a new keyboard, new mouse uh, that, I, that I've designed packaging for, or let's say it's existing packaging, but as a brand, we're, look, we're looking to do a redesign. Before we implement the redesign, it's always great to get a baseline on, on where you're at. So I'd contact you, we'd go through this questionnaire, then you would build out in that store or in a different space, you know, I provide you with with product. Um, how does that work? Yeah, it actually, it's a it's a fully uh, modular space, and um, this this can be you know torn down and uh, turned into a Target, into a Lowe's, uh, whatever your marketplace is, uh, this can be rebuilt uh, to do that. And uh, in the back, actually, we've got our own uh, you know, prototyping lab. So we're able to print and and, and cut out from most substrates. And uh, so if you have a design iteration, uh, get that right up on uh, right up on the shelf for testing. So 
from apparel to uh, you know hardware, even in use, a restaurant, quick service restaurant. It doesn't really matter at the venue. Um, we, we can create that. We've got uh, 8,000 square feet here of, of wow. space that allows us to be very, um, you know, very flexible uh, to what, whatever is needed. So I've got a keyboard and a mouse and I've got existing packaging. We're looking for a redesign. You could turn that into a target, but would it just be my product or how do I get my competitor's product on there? Do I as a company have to provide you everything or do you, per- how does that work? No, uh, it's part of our process. So we would, once we scope out the planogram, the, the competitive products, uh, we would never, we, we would never test a product in isolation unless it was like an in-use uh, perspective, right? You're sure. unboxing and using it. Uh, but on the shelf, we're, we're testing all of your competition and the data that you, you would receive on your package would literally be what you would receive on all of your competitors' packaging. So um, that that's quite important. And so at the entire planogram, um, it's typically included for most uh, CPG products, like the stuff here that you see behind me, that's all included if, if we're looking at like super high-end like pharmaceutical OTC stuff um, that we, we have a pass-through cost if it's a, you know above our typical limit so there's no extra charge to get all your competition here we take care of that excellent and what's you know what's a starting what's the starting price point for something like this or does it vary depending on uh, on the project how how much can you dive into to pricing yeah it, well actually it's it's as much as I would like it to be a very consistent, like this is what we do, every day is different. And so, I mean, uh, typically a lot of the folks we work with, they want a very large population of, of shoppers to, to, to go and shop. And that makes sense for traditional marketing because market research, because usually people make a purchase decision. So you have one data point per person, right? Or maybe a survey and 12 questions on the back end. But with eye tracking, we're able to collect 50 data points a second, what they're looking at, which is awesome. And so you don't need a very large audience. So ideally, uh, we, we can do a baseline uh, for around 50 uh, shoppers uh, in, in, in a typical, you know, eight foot or so planogram, and we'll stock all that. And the cost is usually around 10000 and under uh, to, to yeah. get that baseline. And then I've got a product. You built the planogram. What does the, the shopper do? Do you tell them to buy this product or do you tell them to buy this brand or, or how do you how do you prompt them so that we get at least a more realistic sense of, of someone's shopping style? Yeah. So uh, at Package Insight, uh, the, the team here, th- that's what they do. And every project is highly custom. So it, it may be that uh, you're 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 not a uh, intent purchase. Right. So you're you're stacked up against things. Uh, for a more impulsive purchase, and so we're where you're buying items that are in that area that might you know you might be influenced to maybe pick up that product. Other times uh, we are looking. Some people want to have a search task. I'm going in to look for this particular product. You're going to find it, but usually the, the participant does not know uh, that the shopper does not know what is the specific product that they're they're shopping for. They get a list of seven to eleven different items that they're going to pick up. One of those is is the product of interest, but. Um, sometimes we ask to shop for certain ingredients or we screen people that are, you know, brand specific or ingredient specific, uh, you know, shoppers. And so we don't necessarily have to instruct them to shop as they normally would. And this is a packaging podcast, but this package insight is super interesting to me. And, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, having somebody go into the shop and you're tracking them, you know, 50 data points a second, you know, as they're walking down an aisle and they're looking at your competitors. I mean, you, you can't get, I don't want to make this a commercial for you, but this is like the coolest thing ever. You're able to see what they're looking at on, on your competitors, see what's working. You know, you get to see what they're looking at on yours. 
how frequently they're looking at yours versus the competitors. What if they pick up the competitors, what they're looking at on theirs, you know, what's interesting of yours for them. And, you know, it may be something to do with anything as simple as like logo placement, image scale, proportions, color, contrast, uh, so many things that then lead back to making the right decisions as a packaging designer. So again, this is just a, a great tool that you guys have developed, which is completely separate from the packagingschool.com, which, which you've done. And the fact that you guys can tear this down and build it up into any type of, of a display is great. And then the pricing is a reasonable cost because when we're talking about you know somebody doing a focus group, it's not much different from a pricing perspective, but the value that you're getting is so different. How would you say that this is the most different from a standard focus group? You still get a layer of a what you would get out of a focus group, right? Survey questions, interviews, even product reveals at the end. I'm happy to disclose what you were doing in there after you were in the shop, right? And you can we can ask specific questions about designs. But I, I think I think the best thing that you're going to get uh, out of this, which you would which you're, it wouldn't be possible outside in a, in a traditional focus group, is that you're going to get a full elemental analysis of your design, and it's going to be stacked against all of your competition. So, for instance. One of my one of my favorite case studies uh, we did this a couple years ago was on eggnog, and so we 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 had a, a, a multi. Uh, part study where, where participants came in, they they were screened, either half of them did not shop for eggnog, the other half did. And then after that, um, if they wanted to participate, we had a taste test. And um, it was a very fun study. So we had the entire category for eggnog. And what we found out when we analyzed the data for folks that do buy eggnog is that we, we filtered it for um, facts on the front, like your calories and things like this. And we had the logo, uh, the product name, product imagery. And then interestingly, a, a very common object was literally the picture of eggnog. And what we found out was that if you did not have a picture of eggnog in a cup on your eggnog, it, it, the attention went down significantly. And in some cases, it, it more than it, the, the amount of attention spent on that cup of eggnog was more than all the other elements on the packaging combined. And so folks that did not have this element were at a huge disadvantage from everybody else. It was very clear. Um, so that's just one thing is, is trying to understand how you use elements and how your competition does and which brands are, are using them very well, where you have a lot of attention and which ones aren't. Another one is is understanding the hierarchy. I mean, as a designer, we may want to have a prescriptive hierarchy. You look here, and then the brand, and sub brand, and picture, and then you know future feature benefit at the end. But that's not not necessarily how everybody views the category. And so, having an aggregate understanding of the general hierarchy of just your pack, and then the whole all of the packaging in general, is something that's really important to understand. What what are important to shoppers in the category? And so, um, you, you have things like this, and then at the end of that study for. We had folks uh, do a, a sampling. So we took the three highest performing eggnogs. Uh, there's like a super premium organic and a store brand and then a discount brand. And then, and then they had cups right in front of the packages. And then next to them, there was, there was six cups. And so three at the end did not have packaging uh, associated with it. And so everyone had to taste them all and rank them. And so what we found out was that the best performing eggnog was the super premium organic eggnog brand. So it, it tasted great. It had great marks on it. But one of the lowest performing eggnogs was also the super premium organic eggnog, just not with its packaging. 
And to me, it, it shows just how powerful packaging is. It actually has an influence on, on the taste, the texture, the appearance of the product. So having a having a comprehensive understanding of, of your of your customer and how they interact with the category, uh, to me, is essential for, for any brand owner. And, and as, as a designer, I would think you would, you would really want that data in order to you know, make better decisions for yourself. Sure. No, and that's, uh, I mean, that, that just leads to, I think, with a lot of brands out there that are considering doing redesigns of, of their packaging, you know, getting this baseline is so important because, you know, even with the eggnog, with the eggnog example, uh, you know, today with the way packaging is kind of moving into more of like minimalism and, um, you know, type-driven packaging, if you were to remove that eggnog picture, which somebody might look at and think, well, everybody else on the shelf is using this picture and it's, you know, it feels kind of generic. Let's get rid of it. Let's do something great with type treatment, kind of like what Oatly's doing. Uh, you would immediately be handicapping yourself without knowing it. You know, it might look beautiful. It might look great from a design standpoint, but that's not what the consumer is looking for. So your uh, eye tracking data just allows you to then understand, okay, this is what, you know, this is the, the baseline. This is what we have to have in order to, to compete. Uh, and then it's not just me as a designer, uh, my, you know, my view of it or my team's view of it, it's, this is just the hard data. Like I can't, I can't, you know, remove that picture from eggnog. So I better get a better looking glass and, you know, get some, get some photos on that pack. Yeah, absolutely. We, it, there's many times we have to deliver on maybe unfortunate news if we're working with a, <laughs> a supplier or a, a new, a new startup concept. Um, one thing that was interesting is that we, we, we were able to use this technology for a, a major, uh, a major brand that really used it to, to kind of rank ideas. So, you know, it's very quick to make a, a new packaging mock-up. And so why not test it? And so uh, as, as their marketing team had a bunch of ideas of new products to launch, uh, we use this as a way to kind of baseline how, how that would perform in the real world. So um, I can share a 400-page a dissertation on the correlations between attention and sales, but they are. There, there are strong correlations between how long you look at something and then the propensity to purchase it. And so um, it's an interesting tool just to just to, uh, you know, kind of vet out concepts and ideas you know, before actually testing it in market. Excellent. And then do you also do uh, at in so you do you also do uh, in home viewing of the packaging, not just uh, the unboxing, but, you know, are you showing packaging designs you know, on screen and then being able to track people that way? So uh, I, I do not do mo uh, a lot of on-screen research. I feel packaging is is tangible, it's physical, and so we look at a screen very differently than we would in a in a physical marketplace. So we always test on the marketplace. Uh, you know, we we have done ways of positioning packaging online, but a lot of times they're more product driven yeah. versus packaging driven. Uh, but in terms of in-home experiences, yeah, we have a full like living lounge, we have a full apartment in which we can, wherever your product would be used in the, you know, in the day of, of a, of a consumer, um, actually have them, you know, using it there. And uh, a lot of our equipment, it's not just eye tracking, but also, uh, uh, you know, looking at facial expressions uh, as they use the product is, is something we do quite frequently. Awesome. You know, today, a lot of people are downsizing their packaging, right? They're reducing materials, they're, they're simplifying it. Uh, is packaging as an industry, is it something that people should be looking to get into? Is, do, you, do you see that there's continued growth here? Uh, is this an opportunity for uh, maybe graphic designers or supply, somebody in the supply chain to start looking at packaging? You know, how big of an industry is, is packaging and is it growing? It, it is massive. Packaging is the common denominator to, to nearly every marketplace. 
And so the more people that can understand packaging, the better packaging is going to become. The more people that can speak the language of packaging, uh, the the, the more options are going to be available. You know, if the more people that can talk about sustainability in terms of actual terminology, looking at, you know, materials sourcing, looking at a carbon footprint, looking at comparative analyses, the more sustainable packaging we're going to have because people understand that. So... I, I, I mean, I, I think packaging is more important today than it has ever been. I, I, I truly do believe that a lot of good ideas never make it to the marketplace because packaging was the gap in knowledge, right? They just didn't know how to get all of those things put together or they built a pack and it just didn't fit. They didn't understand the supply chain of taking that product and actually getting it into the marketplace. And they, it, it, it's complicated. I mean, you know it yourself of, you know, how, I mean, there isn't a, a static uh, state uh, decision maker in packaging either. If you want to, it, it, how many meetings have you been in? I mean, the, the entire Zoom meeting is full, right? Of folks that have to they have to actually have their sign off on the packaging because, like you mentioned, from logistics to supply chain to material management to all these different facets of an organization, packaging is is that common touch point. And so, anyone it doesn't matter what degree you have or where you've been working, uh, if you can learn the language of packaging, I think so many opportunities. Uh, uh, present themselves. Awesome, man. So, <clears throat> Andrew, what's the best place for somebody to get in contact with you if they've got more questions, uh, they, if they want to ask you questions or they want to talk to you further about Package Insight or become a student of uh, Packaging School? Sure. No, I mean, probably the easiest way is just you can find me on LinkedIn. So, uh, uh, in that, or you can send me an email. It's me at drandrewhurley.com or go to packagingschool.com or packageinsight.com and uh, reach out. And, and those, uh, we've got great folks at these organizations organizations who are very responsive and you can set up a call and, and talk through your project. That sounds good. And I'll have, uh, I'll have links in the show notes. Uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to uh, this uh, Evelio diagram I've heard so much about, uh, you know, being incorporated into your program. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's ever changing. I always appreciate your, your feedback. I mean, it's, uh, it's bringing everybody together. And that was really the foundation of starting packaging school is to Bring all these, you know, knowledge leaders uh, together to share. And uh, I mean, if you pull out a textbook on design, you're going to see a lot of Gutenberg diagram yeah. uh, principles. I think you bring a, a very interesting dynamic to it. So, looking forward to working with you on that. <laughs> Thanks. Man. All right. Dr. Andrew uh, Hurley, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you being on. Um, thanks for showing us in the shop, in the lab. Um, I think it, it's really helpful for people to actually see what you know what they can get out of this program. Um, you know, really excited to see this packaging school continue to grow. Um, and you know, maybe next time we can talk about the automotive packaging because that's a whole another that's a whole another world. Absolutely, looking forward to it. All right, thank you so much, Dr. Andrew Hurley here on Package Design Unboxed. Thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Once again, my name is Valio Matos, and this is Package Design Unboxed. Thanks for listening. 